Welcome to Show Don't Tell, a podcast by Telscreen's team of Wes Harris and Kent Harris, sharing their stories of being in the eye care industry in their unique, punny style with facilitator Christy. Welcome to another episode of Show Don't Tell with brothers Kent Harris and Wes, Har- Wes Harris. Sorry about that. Wes. 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 What Wes. day is it? Wes the Wiz. <laughs> Wes the Wiz. One the w- wonderful wizard of Wes. I was known as the Wiz at Bell Labs. Were you? I was. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That was an accidental slip of my tongue. That, I had no was idea. Was that due to a urinal accident or what? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was back in the day. Quick story. Back in the day when we had a central computer and a terminal in our office. And your terminal would connect on a certain terminal port. And all of these terminals were smart terminals, which meant that you could send them escape commands and control commands and basically make the terminal do whatever you wanted it to do, like highlight things, or in, in these days, they were 25 line terminals. The computer controlled 24 of the lines. The 25th line was kind of special. And so if you knew what kind of terminal somebody had, and if the security permissions were set incorrectly on the computer side to make that a, um, a read and write by everybody instead of just by their own processes, then you could send commands to their terminal to make things appear on that 25th line. Like, are you ready for lunch? Or, the wizard is in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but I watch these um, classic shows, classic vintage retro shows, that, you know, we have the big computers that are like five stations in one big room. It takes up the mm-hmm. entire room. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of computer we're talking about? <laughs> Not quite, but uh, <laughs> close. It, it, it was a, a Unix computer at Bell Labs, and we had one for our department. But you know, everybody's in their own offices with their own computer terminals. It, it wouldn't maybe be a whole room, but it would be like a rack. Like if you've yeah. seen a ra- our rack back here on the network where we have like all our switching equipment, uh-huh. well, one of those type racks would be the computer. And then they would have lines coming in for each of the terminals to access the computer. And you shared processor time. I mean, it was essentially everything you have on your desktop now, that's how they did it. I think there are sometimes I sit with you guys and I don't realize you've been around for the evolution of technology <laughs> just in the past. Well, 40 years now. I mean, if yeah. you take a look around the office, try and count how many floppy disks you can still see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm looking right over there. <laughs> You guys still have the big. What it, were they? The five and a half? Those were the three and a. Those were three and a half. And then I five found and a one quarters. of those in my own move. Okay, yeah. I kept it. I think I might yeah. like frame it or something. Yeah, the, the floppy ones were the five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. So those are the ones about that. You know, five and a quarter inches wide. And then before that, there were eight inch floppies. Yes, we used those. I used one of those. Yeah. The CPM. Mm-hmm. CPM machine. And Wang word processor. That's right. I don't know the IBM. I know the Wang. <laughs> and now all I can hear is Wang Movie quotes tonight. from Dave. Credit to Dave out there. Thank you. <laughs> so if there's any question from anybody whether or not they know their stuff. About old computer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you just wave your hands and you get someone else to do it. Chris, help. <laughs> 
my virtual machine went haywire. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that you you air quoted smart computers, like, but it's, they're smart because you were telling it what to do. It didn't think for you, nor was it listening to you, like. Right, so, like all of our phones do now. Right. Mm-hmm. Great example is yesterday. We're recording this the day after Thanksgiving. So yesterday I'm at my friends, their family event. They said out loud, hey, who wants to play Uno? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm going to stay. In the, they moved the love seat to the kitchen. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to curl up in the corner of this couch. I'll watch you all play Uno. And not even 15 minutes later on my Facebook feed, there is an ad for, for Uno. Uno. That's right. <laughs> like, but didn't it hear you say no you don't want to play I don't exactly. I mean, you would on, think. be better ai if you're going to be ai <laughs> oh what's how this relates to work is i think my phone thinks i'm a grandmother so at work i see is a lot it? of elderly patients and they're always talking about their hearing aids and how they're not turned on and my phone is usually you know in my pocket in case an emergency call comes in or i need to text the doctor while she's in surgery and say hey listen something's blown up here and um, so i get on instagram and i start seeing ads for hearing aids <laughs> i see really cushy insoles for your feet i'm seeing undergarments you... yet oh yeah oh yeah i'm like not quite old enough for this yet so my my phone i think thinks i'm 85 years old and it doesn't help that i also knit a lot so it, <laughs> now, now we, we well, you be, brought that on yourself. <laughs> I did. Before we get too far into this, that's a that's a new voice around here. Um, Wes, do you want to introduce our special guest today? So today we have in the studio Kaylin Harris with Tales from the Front Desk. She is a recent graduate of the University of Kentucky, working front desk at a retina specialist in between uh, pursuing her graduate studies next year, possibly at a more uh, regional university, some, something in the neighborhood of, of Louisville. And uh, so she's taking a year to, uh, to do some adulting, uh, to, to earn adult money and make adult... Uh, to pay for our Social Security. Come on, Wes, get yes, it right. Yes, and to pay for Social Security, <laughs> by Theirs, golly. They, you will be paying for mine because it won't be theirs. So. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> But the, with adult money, we've already discussed this in our in the proverbial green room, I like to call it, before we hit record. And uh, you can, you know, with adult money, you get to do whatever you want as long as you got it, which also means you can have blue cookies for breakfast yes. if you want. <laughs> I did make the decision not to buy Lucky Charms. <laughs> I'm crushed. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So now that we've got a lot of the, the you know, fun stuff out of the way, what what did we want to talk about today before we get into too many tales? Or do we want to just make this all about tales? I think we want to get some good tales on tape first because we have her in the studio with a microphone. And I called it a breath shield, but she called it a... Spit screen. <laughs> <laughs> It, it can go either. They introduced that new technology in Windows 10 where you can do a spit screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Ken's back. Uh, oh, on a half cup coffee, y'all. So be prepared. <laughs> Imagine if we gave him a whole cup of coffee. <laughs> so tell us some good stories, some tales from the front desk. Oh, where do I even start? <laughs> Thank you. 
busy couple of weeks. There's Every single day at the office is something new, and you can be guaranteed if it's a Monday, you will have an urgent come in. It'll probably be a retinal detachment, Mac on. So, of course, that's pretty... Wait, wait, wait. There's macaroni and cheese on the retinal detachment? Or I wish. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it'll be... So our office closes at 5, and I'm ready to go home at 5 o'clock. I'm like, I've, I've been on all day. I've been answering phones, and at 4.50, I guarantee you, the phone will ring. It will be a referring office, and they'll say, hey, is the doctor in? We've got a retinal detachment macula on. That's when I look at the clock, and I shed a tear, because <laughs> I will be there for at least another 30 minutes. <laughs> waiting for the patient to arrive, setting them up with new patient paperwork. And, you know, our doctors have a policy, never say no, where your eye emergency, like emergency eye care, essentially. I was so. going to say, never say no. That's not a good policy if you've ever seen Yes Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, so a typical Jim Carrey month. movie reference. For those <laughs> <laughs> a can, can you, can you, what is it, retinal, what is it? A retinal detachment. Can you detach your retina by rolling your eyes too much? <laughs> All teenagers have tried this. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say, I'm trying it right now. We can. <laughs> I don't know. I'll get back but. to you on that one. <laughs> but uh, let's see. We've had a couple crazy weeks, but I think the place I want to start is dogs in the office. Now, we all know that a doctor's office is supposed to be a sterile, clean environment. Oh, dogs are clean. Come on. They're constantly licking themselves. <laughs> I hate that I just said to myself, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> well, we have, we have a couple um, notable dogs who show up every now and then in the office. Famous dogs like Lassie or... I wish they were oh, as well-behaved okay. as Lassie. <laughs> uh, there's a... There's a patient and a couple they're very very sweet so sweet and they're like well this is our emotional support dog and i'm like okay can i can i see the papers like i gotta make sure this is true and i look and because i'm a good front desk person i have googled what a fake esa paperwork looks like you can print it for 20 dollars and get a vest off amazon and i'm looking at it i'm like ma'am you can't bring your dog in here. And she says, well, I bring him to all the restaurants. <laughs> they love him. I'm like, doctor, the doctor will throw a fit if the dog is inside. And so she just keeps going. She's like, well, I can't leave him in the car. I'm like, ma'am, I can't let him inside. And so for one minute, I'm, I'm called away to the back. They're like, hey, something's wrong with the system. I'm like, give me just a minute. And I send the newbie up to go deal with them. I'm like, under no circumstances, can we let this dog inside? Well, the newbie does not realize the uh, important part of setting boundaries as an admin. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to put your foot down. Even if you are five feet tall and the patient you're staring up at is looking down at you like, what do you know? I know I'm five feet and I can take you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Haven't you ever seen a chihuahua? That's every chihuahua's reaction to a golden a golden retriever Look, or a German that, shepherd. I know y'all are related, but that wasn't nice to compare her to a chihuahua. <laughs> Chihuahua. I had a chihuahua. I loved my chihuahua. <laughs> so, admin, no boundaries, newbie. Mm -hmm. Well, the dog gets in. Did he have a fake ID? I know that sometimes <laughs> works. I'm getting past the bouncers. And at this point, I can't say you have to leave your dog outside because it's cold. 
and there, I can't, I can't leave a dog in the car in the cold. So I'm like, the doctor will simply have to explain to them about this because at this point I've, I've said everything. I'm like, listen, you can't have the dog in here. And they're like, well, then we'll just leave. I'm like, but you're, there were extenuating circumstances anyway. They go back and the dog goes with them. And this, this boy's not even on a leash. What? Oh yeah. He's running around. I'm like, so I'm, I'm putting on my best big sister voice. I'm like, sit, stay. <laughs> like, I can't control these patients, but I can control the dog. <laughs> By golly, I look at him and he looks at me. And I look back at him and I say, stay. And he does. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows what's good for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that look. I would too. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, they, they go through their appointment. The dog finally leaves. And the doctor comes up to the front desk and says, please put a note on the chart, in all caps, no dogs. <laughs> you would think this would be the end of the dog saga. But speaking of chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> we, were, we were at a satellite clinic, which is usually where we get into the office early we pack up it's like six in the morning and then we leave to drive to somewhere else in kentucky set up a clinic we borrow a local eye doctor's office for the day so we've set up it's seven in the morning and i'm ready like the patients are going to walk in they be they're going to be here on the dot so i've got 0.2 seconds to set up my laptop my cables my uh, payment book and all that and while the day goes by we're seeing patients, and I see a tiny little chihuahua in a dress and booties come scampering into the office. That was the 11 o'clock. It was 11 o'clock. I was like, I've got, I've got 30 minutes to lunch. I'm ready to go, get this patient through, then we can have a break. I see this little dog. No one's behind him, and I'm like, they're not on a leash either. I'm like, hello? So I'm like, I come out from behind the desk. And I kneel down. I'm like, hey, come here, little dog. Like, no, let's put you somewhere. And then I see the patient walk in. And she says, where's Peanut? Where did he go? And I'm like, Peanut's right here. And, of course, this is someone else's office. So I don't know where all the doors are yet. And Peanut takes off like a shot down to the exam room. So I'm like, oh, no. So I'm, I'm ringing up um, one of my coworkers who's taking photos. I'm like, Sarah, we need to catch Peanut before Dr. Thompson sees him. <laughs> <laughs> or before the doctor sees him. Because there, there's going to be two reactions. One is livid. There's a dog in clinic. Unexpected. It got past the front desk. It got past the technicians. The other option, which we were thinking, it's a fat chance that the doctor will react and be, oh, what a cute dog. <laughs> <laughs> in clinic. Lo and behold, the doctor steps out, holding Peanut giving him scritches she says oh what a cute dog and i'm like how am i not being fired for this so peanut is terrified because this office flooring is exactly like the vet's flooring mm. the same click clack of the nails mm. on it there's no other dogs here but this dog is nervous tail between the legs it's a chihuahua it's a they, chihuahua they're it's, always it's, nervous yeah. well it's it's chihuahua nervous to the power of nervous <laughs> and so the patient's like i need peanut and She's heaving, and like I'm like, are you okay? Like, can you breathe? And she's like, I just need peanut. I'll calm down. So, turns out, she can't get through the appointment without peanut. But peanut can't get through the appointment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the peanut paradox. <laughs> <laughs> that is by far my new favorite term, the peanut paradox. 
So we're I want to see a, a book written with your byline on it <laughs> called you. The Peanut Paradox. I, I think you've got it. I mean, that describes my entire moving experience right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, um. This little dog's terrified to be here, but the patient's terrified if Peanut leaves her sight. I'm like, I don't know. So we, we eventually decided we'll put an alert on the chart that says peanut allowed <laughs> with leash. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Any other dogs? Um, there's one just when we get an actual service animal in. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. They'll behave. They're trained. They, they'll just sit under the seat. They're not bothered by the, the weird smells, technicians running around. They're great. I love seeing nicely trained service dogs in the office because they know what to do they're like you have a job i have a job let's do our jobs together (laughs) they're the one patient that's not going to get up in my face (laughs) (laughs) it's tough when the patients lick you (laughs) (laughs) lick me in an argument maybe (laughs) thinking how often do they get in your face (laughs) well (laughs) that's another story yeah, I was. There was a patient who he'd been having phone troubles, but our policy is if you no show the second time, you don't have Medicaid. You do get a no show fee for missing your appointment, essentially wasting our time. And he comes into the office. I'm like, well, sir, I hate to tell you this, you have a balance on your account, and he's immediately like that in my face. He's like, what do you mean? This is your fault. I don't have a balance. I've never missed an appointment. And I'm like, sir, I have these dates written down that you missed, and per our policy which you signed, you have a no-show fee. And he's, he's getting in my face. And he's like maybe a couple inches taller than I am, which I'm not very tall. Five <laughs> feet, about even. But he's, he's poking me in the chest with his finger like, no, this is your fault. You talk to your manager. I say, sir, you need to have a seat. This does not take him by surprise. He just keeps going. And by this time, my coworkers at the front desk have noticed. And they're like, okay, we need to take it from here because this man's not backing down. And... Uh, one of, one of the guys. Comes Guido, up. Luigi, <laughs> stat, front desk. Well, I, uh, we got someone who needs education. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our our financial um, specialist comes up, and he's very nice. He, he has the power of a golden retriever. Everyone loves him. He's energetic. He's upbeat. He's sunny, and he has the worst job in the entire office because he has to explain why we have to take their money. But he manages him. He managed to talk him down. And I'm sitting in the front behind my computer now with my cup of tea. Like, just calm down. Don't be angry. You need to be pleasant. <laughs> and uh, the, luckily, our financial specialist manages to call him down. And we figure out he's been having phone trouble. He tried to call and cancel his appointment. We didn't get the call. So, But there is an alert on the chart that says next time he misses, he does have to pay this fee. And I'm like, okay, it's settled. I don't get an apology. <laughs> I'm not expecting an apology. Because rule number one of the front desk is don't take it personally. That's a good rule. Yeah. Wow, wisdom. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, okay, on that rule, did somebody tell you that's the rule? I kind of picked it up because you never know if a patient's just having a bad day. And they're going to take it out on you because you're the first person they've spoken to in three days because most of them are quite elderly and they don't see people very often which often leads to chattier patients where you, you see the caller ID and you play nose goes to see who has to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you really can't take it personally if someone's having a bad day and you're like, you know, I'm not seeing them at their best at this moment. 
no matter how angry you get, they're still a patient. They need treatment. The doctor will flay you alive if you say what you really want to say. But that also, so our last episode, we talked about customer service. Yes, we did. This is a great, and I'm, I'm pointing my, my pen at Kaylin here. This is a great example of great customer service. Being able to be present in the moment with somebody to understand that's not really the real person. And what do they need to be able to get through this moment? Precisely. So sometimes you see a patient, you're like, oh, they're in pain right now. or they're dreading what's going on and you learn to see little tells like oh that person's nervous that person's actually happy to be here for some reason we're gonna poke you in the eyeball because it's the first person they've seen in two or three days and they have a social drive that makes them happy to see see you you. yep or they understand they have a problem that you can fix precisely and they're happy to see you until you ask for money and they're a little less happy to see you. well that's a you know occupational hazard yeah. See, when I was when I was a waitress, people were always happy to see me. I brought them food. They were going to get fed. It was going to be good. And I wouldn't ask for money until the very end. And it was a very discreet, I'll slip you the bill when you're ready to go. Just let me know. It was great. And here maybe, maybe we need more waitresses at the doctor's office. Here you are. We do have juice and crackers. So. <laughs> Once upon a time, we made coffee. <laughs> new business model there special eye food you can you can make food that has the vit- eye vitamins retinal vitamins all that kind of stuff <laughs> for some of them i would help them with their uptake of leafy greens and <laughs> heart healthy food so quick call back to uh, last last month's podcast kaylin did have a flat tire on the way home for thanksgiving <laughs> so we got it changed we took it to a local tire shop this morning and I just casually asked, um, what's your opinion of, a, or, or if I bring this van in as is with the donut on the, the right rear, um, and then you replace the, the tire and put the regular wheel back on, uh, what usually happens to that donut? And he says, oh, we'll, we'll stow it for you. And I said, all the time? He says, oh, sure. Well, I mean, the one exception might be if you had a particularly messy trunk and we had to you know, move all your stuff out to put the spare back. And unless you told us it was okay, we probably are not going to root through all your stuff to, and, you know, sort out your trunk for you. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll go back where it belongs. I'm like, hmm, how big of a sin is it for a, a professional tire place to actually just leave the donut in the plastic shell in the back of the van and expect me to put it back? And this guy looks shocked. <laughs> like, well... I would charitably call that lazy. <laughs> yeah, the charitably call that. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a that's a cardinal sin of of tire care customer service to to leave the the donut tire, you know, in the vehicle, uh, not even wrapped up, just lying there, and uh, yeah, should have been put back. So Abandoned donut. Send out a nine one one call. Abandoned so, donut never eaten. Abandoned donut never seen in Kent's house. (laughs) I have two boys. (laughs) I did see an abandoned donut once in the dorms. It was just sitting with a cold cup of coffee in the corner of the stairwell, and that thing must have sat there for a week or more. Science experiment. That was my roommate's explanation for any uh, unclaimed food. So Thanksgiving yesterday... (laughs) 
<laughs> when you're trying to put all of the leftovers in the fridge, you got to clean out a fridge, mm-hmm. right? So um, there was one of the family members had pulled something that was in a bag out of the fridge and said, what is this? Nobody had an answer. No. <laughs> and so I'm like, pretty sure if you don't know what that is, it goes in the trash. trash. <laughs> well, you, you can't throw it away too soon. Why not? <laughs> well, if you save it, you could have the record. <laughs> Speaking of records. When we moved here from Missouri to Louisville, Kentucky in 1981... Obviously, you have to clean out the refrigerator, clean out the freezer. In the bottom of the freezer, we found watermelon preserves with my grandmother's handwriting on the on the the piece of tape on top of the the reused the lid can uh, jar mason jar yeah. mason jar, and on the label it said 1968. No, <laughs> those were the best preserves ever. They were well preserved. 13 years. Oh, I've, I've got something that beats that. Still had the paraffin intact. Wow. <laughs> Did you eat it? Heck yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you don't waste grandma's don't watermelon preserves. Come on. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that you said it still had the paraffin intact. I'm like, I remember that method from my great grandmother. That's okay. So what's your record? So my baby sister, who's not so baby, she's hitting the upper part of her teens once was over at our grandmother's house she was kind of hungry and she's well she says well boppy can i have do you have like what is there to eat and being boppy's house there's plenty to eat like do you almost too many options well boppy pulls out a can of peaches she says she looks at the date on it and says these will do you want some and my sister who enjoys peaches says sure and then she looks at the date 19 years old and by golly, she ate them. <laughs> Said they tasted fine. Eating peaches older than her. <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> and now she's just peachy. Oh, yeah. Very keen on them. <laughs> Tag team. Two. Yes. Yay. Wonder twin powers activated. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, uh, I just keep thinking back to my own refrigerator issues after moving. You know, smaller refrigerator, we talked about me needing to get rid of stuff. And, you know, that which had an expiration date, it passed the expiration date, I tossed out. Now I'm thinking, well, why did I do that? And I went, wait, 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 there's a difference. <laughs> 19 years unopened. Mm-hmm. Versus partially opened, opened and sitting there for how long? Right. Yeah, Longer one week necessary. after you open it. <laughs> See, and it's kind of neat that with food, there's always like the taste test and the smell test and the color test. You know, you can look at it. If it turns green, it's probably ready to be thrown out. Um, if it or smells, if it's fuzzy. If, yeah. Or if it's fuzzy. <laughs> if it smells rancid, it's ready to be thrown out. Uh, if it doesn't look green and it doesn't smell rancid, you could dip your pinky in it and, you know, dab it on your tongue and find out is it still good or not. But, you know, with technology, how do you know when it's still good? I mean, it might still be sort of working, but is it still good? And it might be totally broken down, but you think it's still good because it works as well as you remember it working last week, and it's been breaking down gradually over time. You probably so, shouldn't lick it, though. Probably shouldn't <laughs> lick your technology. <laughs> <laughs> we no. Have, uh, 
Only for those special customers who a good who a good shock might do them a little good. But if you're not if you're not checking the the proverbial expiration date on your technology, you also don't know when that's no longer being supported. Right? It's because I would guess computers are not like classic cars. You can't get all parts anymore. Like there's certain things that just aren't going to work like they used to. And how, you know, how do you keep a regular maintenance for that? Yeah, the the really sad part is you mentioned about getting parts. Anymore, software is a part. And that's something a concept that just just blows people's mind. How can software this virtual thing I mean, this is, this is just code. This is just bits that are being executed. How is this a part? Well, the software is instructions. Instructions get outdated like anything else. If you follow outdated instructions, you might find yourself, you know, trying to cross a bridge that doesn't exist. <laughs> if you follow outdated <laughs> map instructions, if you, you know, you will be lost. And uh, in technology, the... The technology is not smart enough to figure out that it's lost. Once it crashes, it's crashed. Unfortunately, it's been so long, we've, we've gotten so good at hiding technological failures and improving the ability to recover from crashes, which is great for reliability, but it, people ascribe uh, more intelligence to technology than really exists. And so when those parts start breaking down and no longer work, you have to replace it, and and those and it costs money to develop software, just like it costs money to make a part, and that's a hard concept to, for people to understand. So when Windows flips from Windows Seven to Windows Ten to Windows Eleven, are there other pieces of software that maybe don't change and adapt to Windows automatically? Absolutely, and uh, sometimes it might be by the design of Microsoft that the only way to fix a problem that was created in Windows XP is to completely eliminate the technology that was used to create that problem. And that means that anything that relied on that technology is no longer compatible, can't, in, can't make it work. I ran into some of that issues in school. We were learning the Adobe Creative Suite. My mom had some of the software and my school did too because we were learning about graphic design and it was a lot about our marketing unit. So I was working on a project, and I thought, I can take this home and work on it outside of school. I took it home. Now, my mom had an earlier edition, which was fine. My going backwards was a-okay. I could open the file. I could work on it. But when I got back to school and plugged in my USB, the program could not read it. It was like, something was done here. What's wrong? Once I'd gone, I could go backwards just fine, but going forwards again... The computer did not like it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Backward, backward and forward way. compatibility. So. And I, you talk about Creative Suite. I just noticed that uh, all of my stuff updated, like, the, from, like, 2010, 11, I think it was. Maybe 2010, 11. Brand, not 10, 11. I don't even know what I'm thinking. 2020. <laughs> it's been a long week from 2020 to 22 version like it has literally two versions of the software it's no longer just updating that software mm -hmm. it's now completely second <laughs> set of software on my computer i was like oh now i know why it's running slow because it just went ahead and downloaded it just went ahead and did it yep. and so i'm gonna go i've got to go maintenance my own computer to make sure i've got plenty of running space on it um 
Yeah, so that kind of leads into the shameless. What do you do? (laughs) What do you do? So, I mean, I know you guys have a couple of options around here for that. Sure. Well, like most like most things in technology, your one option is throw all the old stuff away and buy new. Certainly, that's the approach all the phone companies have you take when your phone gets too old. They say, throw it away, or in their case, trade it in and buy get something new. You think my Samsung S seven is worth five or six bucks on trade in? Um, you know, maybe as a paperweight. <laughs> oh, what about my great grandmother's flip phone? <laughs> well, I think there's some, still some museum value in some of these things. But, uh, but the other option, of course, is to take a look at uh, maintenance plans. And in our case, we have a special plan called the Infinite Imaging Plan, which is designed to cover both the hardware and the software needs of the product and to keep it running at our spec- at, to our current specifications and the current capability and performance capabilities uh, forever. And you purchase it in five-year chunks. So, mm-hmm. And I also know you guys have a new system that's almost there. We have a candidate. We have a candidate. <laughs> uh, it's in the running. It's almost there. Yeah. Yes, we uh, finally uh, uh, solved some of the software issues that were going on for developing uh, for the new gold camera. So we're trying to find a camera that will have acceptable performance but not be so hard on the budget and trying to uh, adapt to all the inflation and everything that's going on that just keeps making everything more expensive. Uh, We're trying to find a way to uh, make something a little less expensive but still good enough. Telscreen, inflation fighters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you guys have done a great job working with these smaller practices with any of the practices on their business practice, not just, hey, you need new equipment because you need the latest and greatest thing. It's a how to have a successful practice so that everybody wins out of that. It, it's a pretty frequent question I get. of. Uh... Yeah, there's one right now. It's, what's the question? <laughs> That's going to be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> but a frequent question I get is, uh, I need this in every exam room. How can I afford that? And you know, affordability is, is an issue because uh, practices are not just given infinite dollars. Dollars come from patients. Patients don't like to part with their money. Uh, so you know, there's patients are on a budget, practices are on a budget. So one of the questions is, how can I afford this in every exam room? And there are doctors who have our platinum systems in every exam room, and they have a lot of exam rooms. And obviously, they have enough patient volume to support that. Uh, other practices, especially early on, may want to deploy the technology everywhere but might not be able to afford it. So with the new gold camera as an option, they can do a nice camera in their main exam room, and they can put gold cameras in the other exam rooms. would be one way to deploy the technology and use that to uh, cut their, their total cost to have it everywhere but, but not have to have the inconvenience of, oh, I don't have the camera in this room. Do I move the patient or not? Is it worth the hassle of moving them to get the, the photography done and to show them why I'm concerned? And so if they have it everywhere, every patient has that opportunity to see and understand. And if they don't have it everywhere, then the doctor has to pick and choose based upon how am I feeling today, how busy is my schedule, am I behind or not, uh, how severe is it in this patient, how much do I think it'll make a difference in their decision-making? So all these other factors start to come into play versus I'm in the room, they need it, I have it, let's go. 
So I think the, the gold camera will be a great answer for, for those practices who have looked at it and said, well, but I've got five exam rooms. I can't put a $15,000 system in every exam room or a $17,000 system in every exam room. That's, that's too much right now. So I think the gold system will give us a, a chance to uh, cover all the exam lanes that need it at a price that a practice can afford. Which is going to be awesome. Can't wait till it gets ready. <laughs> poke, poke. <laughs> right. I need materials. <laughs> awesome. Anything else for this episode? It was nice to have you as a special guest today. Oh, thank you. It was nice to be here back in the office. Absolutely. Well, you know, this is the studio day, so. It's the studio day. And it's also been fun to watch these guys set up their own equipment on studio day. Oh, I'd say they're very handy. They're very organized, which should surprise nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the home office. <laughs> by, by organized, she means... Like organized chaos. Anything else, fellas? Oh, I did have a technology joke for our audience who I know is just dying to have a, a fresh of, joke. Of course you do. You know you're old in the IT industry when someone asks you for your IP address and you give them the direction, the global positioning coordinates to your bathroom. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Nobody was looking forward to that. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> of course you did. I'll be telling this one to my friends later. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> here ends an episode of Show Don't Tell, where you can find all episodes on www.tellscreen.com. Thanks, everybody.